Yep. Welcome back. I think mm. we're both looking at each other like, who's going to kick off the episode? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I was just I was just looking. I you were just looking? Yeah, I didn't really have any. I was just waiting for you to talk. Usually when people speak, you look them in the eye, but that's just... Well, I thought I you know. were going to That's just how I roll. speak first. That's how you like to do it. No, nah, I, I haven't done that in a while. I haven't said that's that welcome, true. welcome, welcome <laughs> thing in a while. I haven't done that. Yeah, I haven't done that in a minute. The welcome to country. Yeah, I haven't done that. <laughs> I don't need to. Yeah. You already know. Yeah, when the music turns down, you know that. You know, ready to yeah. Go. Everyone, I think, listening to it now has pretty much been along for the ride. So, although no, we are getting some first-time listeners. Our our views went up, our yeah. plays, I should say, went up on our recent episode, and that was the most uh, listened to episode ever. So, thank oh, you to one. everyone out there. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, by a mile. Oh, awesome! That's yeah. sick. Yeah, really good. So, we're getting some traction. We are. We're getting the end. So, thank you to everyone who's been listening. Yeah, and to anyone who's new, thank you for joining the. The party, the squad. <laughs> yeah, the Flickr squad. Yeah. Merch coming soon as soon as we get a lot more followers. <laughs> <laughs> but but we do have some big news along the way. We are going to um, have an interview. We're not going to disclose who it's with yet. What will we doing interviews? We're going to start to, to yeah. bring in some interviews into our podcast. And we have, um, uh, we have one in, in, the the, in the works, in the pipeline. Yeah. So big news. Our first we interview. We had our people call their people. Yeah. The people are still talking. Yeah. Figuring out the funny details, you know. Our, our people is called uh, Instagram DM. Yeah. <laughs> but but it works. Instagram so. is so much better than like Facebook. Oh, you know it kills mean? it. Yeah. Like ever since I joined, like when I when I joined Instagram, like, uh, um, yeah, it's just been Did like- you joined so much, late, didn't you? I joined like two years ago. Fuck. Because I just had a Facebook. Yeah. But I did do it for music. Because you're an old man. That's why. No, but it's just like, I just, I just had it to do it for music and I just and I remember someone telling me like oh no it's probably too late for you to do it because Instagram's like been already set yeah all the um, people who were famous are like yeah set that, yeah. you can't really not get not that big. I ever wanted to be famous from yeah. it but like but like gain traction yeah exactly it's hard yeah but it's been so much better and like your yeah. interaction with people is so much mm-hmm. more like easier and like right there do you know yeah what I mean? and the thing is, is once you get to a certain point like where where we at really um any post can kind of blow up out of nowhere. So like we've had a couple of posts where we've posted and it's gotten the Explorer page and gained us a lot of traction. I'm sure a, f- a few listeners from that. So yeah, um, it, it's a good platform. It's kind of like a lottery ticket in a way if you play your cards right. Yeah. But um, what have you been up to? Anyways, yeah, I've been good. Rabbitohs yeah. won. Um, Anything should I? in your life that happened to you? All right, I'll be honest <laughs> with you guys. So the thing is, is I did make a post <laughs> saying we had an Oscars podcast coming out yeah. straight after the Oscars, right? And we did. We were going to do it. Yeah. Me and my partner were going to sit down. We we're going to watch the Oscars and we'll come out with a podcast right after. And that day I got rushed into hospital <laughs> and <laughs> had a cyst in an area that should not be said on Shaminda a podcast. Vas, the old Shaminda. Yeah. And uh, I had to go in for surgery and get that cyst cut out of me. So that was bad. Um, right now I'm sitting on a cushion, which has a hole. In, it's like a rubber ring, like you take to a pool, but it's a bit smaller. So I sit many, on that and it takes the pressure off my butt. How many people in this world have two assholes? Just wondering. I might be very unique <laughs> <in that. laughs> right now. Yes, they had to leave. This is so gross. I don't yeah, want to go. Right. 
Full but disclosure. Full disclosure. They had to leave the hole open and has to stay open for a few weeks um, to heal from the inside out rather than the outside in. So I have this hole in there that they stuff every day and take out and then restuff to keep the hole open. Fucking hell. And it's, yeah, it Don't hurts. sit down, people. Do it not is sit so pain. I lie on either side. I lie on my left side until my left leg starts aching <laughs> and cramping and really hurts and my knees in a lot of pain. Then I move over to my right leg. And then eight hours later, that'll start cramping and I'll shift back over. And the highlight of my day is going to get it restuffed and taken out. Does and it feel good? No, oh. but it's the only time I leave the house. All right. It does not. It hurts so bad. I scream every time. They're, they're pulling shit out of a hole, a flesh wound. Like, I feel like, I know we just said full disclosure, but I feel like we're going it's too, too much far. disclosure. <laughs> Sorry, we just lost two players on that one. Yeah. Um, you just talked about how like we just had the highest podcast, rated podcast. Now we're just dropping. Yeah. That so sorry, guys, but um, yeah, I've been good. Rabbitohs won. So how have you been? I'm pretty busy. So moved, yeah, moved house, news. moved house to a bigger house. Mm-hmm. The other house is falling apart. Mm-hmm. So moved moved house just five minutes down the road or mm-hmm. up the road or whatever. Um. Got a haircut, so Oof. yeah, I had to get rid of the long locks. The long locks. What lie do you? Mm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought you were being serious for a second. No, I was like, no, get the face. fuck out of my no house. Way. I just woke up. It's just such a pain. Like I just, my hair was really thick and just really long, and just like every time I'd have to sh- like shampoo it all the time, and yeah. yeah, and it took forever to dry, and it just mm. like it just wasn't worth it anymore. I know, it and it can process. get and especially your hair can get so thick when it gets long, and then yeah. it just feels all greasy and dirty. And yeah, I hated that. And we all suffer from that when our hair gets longer; it gets a lot thicker and a lot. Yes, yeah, so I cut. Gross. I, I, had to cut, I just woke up and I was like, "Fuck, I cut it." But then when I went to the shops and went to go cut it, it took me like three hours to go because I oh. kept walking by and I was like, "Do I want to cut it?" Because I put so much time into it. Like, and you did it. Yeah, and, and you feel like, better for it, right? Oh, it feels so much better. Cleaner. Yeah, I feel cleaner. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like. I don't know. I just it, it's so mm. much better. I think I think I'm just gonna keep it short from now on. Yeah, I think I'm gonna grow it out ever again. Yeah, because it's just a pain. But yeah, and I also got my music on uh, Apple, Apple Music, Apple Music, Spotify. A, yeah, Apple Music, Spotify, and it got put on a it got put an on Apple a, Music playlist. Apple Music playlist. So yeah, so it's big things. Yeah, so you know this podcast featured with some big artists on that playlist too. Yeah. so it's good. It's yeah, going so, well. yeah, it's good. Like that's probably like the first big. Thing that's happened in your music career. Yeah, ish. Yeah, I mean, like, I've had it played on the radio. Yeah. But, um, and like, in terms cool. of, like, I don't know, that's pretty big. I think that's pretty big. Radio. But then I've got some, a few other announcements coming up, but we'll I can't Keeping really, that on the yeah, wraps, yeah. I can't really talk about that yeah. too much. Yeah. But, um, yeah. No, that's cool. And then, yeah, so I've just been busy and I've got a few gigs coming up. Had a gig. Yeah, I've been really busy. That's now cool. That about it. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'm glad. Good, yeah. So while I've been lying down sideways in pain and popping painkillers like no tomorrow, you are... Uh, I've been flourishing. Yeah. Been living life. It's good to know one of us is doing well. Well, you know, it's all about balance. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we just spent the first seven minutes of the episode yeah, not talking about movies. It doesn't matter. It's our podcast. Do the fuck we want. Uh, <laughs> people like that though. Yeah, they people do. People like to know the people who are... In the podcast. Yeah, they do. They like to get to know you as a personality a bit. Um, It's totally unfiltered. Like, we don't script any of this. No, we don't. We literally have, We don't edit anything. No. And we talk about it, like, on the drive here. we probably should. We literally go, like, what's the podcast on? What what news do you want to talk about? Oh, we do do talk about that during the week a little bit. We do a little, but, like, a lot of the time it's coming up right before the thing. Like, we can talk about this. Okay, cool. And then we'll go from that to that to that. Yeah, like... Let's see what happens. You'll have some ideas gestating during the week, and Mm -hmm. so will I. And then we'll just come together, like, about... An hour or so yeah. on the drive here and then yeah, and, and then just come up with, yeah. Bring it out. But it works well. It works well for us. I think 
we're pretty chill with podcasting. We don't get too stressed about it. And so mm. I think us riffing and just talking. Yeah, it's like jazz. We do it anyways. If we weren't doing a podcast, we'd have these conversations anyway. So mm, yeah, so just we just put a mic in front of us, really. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, so you want to get into it then? Yeah, so we do flick or stick. Yeah, we'll do flick so or stick we first. So we flick or stick for the new people and old people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good to just refresh your memory. Mm-hmm. Is a segment where we get a few bits of news. We're just going to do one today because we've got a few subjects we're talking about today. And um, we get a bit of news and if we like it, we stick with it. And if we don't like it, we flick it. It's a little game. You can play at home as well. You can decide in your car. It's a good driving game. Like, oh, do you, do you agree with them? We'll stick. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you flick. Like, it's good. Even though our name is the flickers. So I don't know what that means in terms of the game. Flick or stick? Yeah, I know, no, I get that. Yeah. But flicking is, is bad. Well, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And but our name's the flickers, so we have to keep it somewhat <laughs> branded. I've been thinking um, about that for a little bit. I'm just like, should I just bring yeah. that up? Nah. I think everyone's been enjoying flicker stick too. We do it on our Instagram and yeah, put up flicker stick. stories, yeah. Every day um, there's like two things and I'm like, flicker stick. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's good. Yeah, people get, I mean, it's pretty basic. It's just yeah. yes or no, really just changing the words, but yeah. still. Anyways. Yeah, it's a First, bit, so of first bit of news. Uh, first bit and only bit of news today is that um, Lupita Nyong'o came out talking about Black Panther two and that they're going to like how they're reshaping the mm-hmm. the movie. And so her quote was, uh, "Let's get a quote up here." Yeah, so it says, "People will ask me, are you get, are you excited to go back?" This is talking about Black Panther mm-hmm. two. Excitement isn't the word. I feel like I'm a ve- I'm in a very pensive and meditative state when it comes to Black Panther two. His passing is still extremely raw for me. Talk about Chadwick Boseman, of course. And um, I can't even begin to imagine what it will be like to step on a set and not have him there. And then she went on to talk about Ryan Coogler and said, but at the same time, we have a leader in Ryan who feels very much like we do. He feels the loss in a very, very real way. And his idea, the way, uh, and his idea, oh shit, this is like, um, yeah, mm. sorry. <laughs> and his idea, the way in which he's reshaped the second movie is so respectful of the loss we've all experienced as a cast and as a world. So it feels spiritually and emotionally correct to do this. And hopefully what I do look forward to is getting back together and honouring what we started and holding his light through it because he left us a lot of light that we're still going to be bathing in. And I know that for sure. Mm. It's quite emotional and quite Very. And I think, um, heartfelt yeah. response in order to, like talking about Chadwick yeah. Boseman's loss to the franchise and not only just the franchise, like mm. to this world. You know? And that's the thing because it's like one, if anyone died in the MCU, right, it's a massive loss to the franchise. Yeah. But with with what Black Panther represents, with that team that they've built with Ryan Coogler, um, with what Chadwick Boseman's done, his whole career yeah. in, in a lot of black films, and he's just been an amazing actor, and just a actor role model, person, and leader for the for the black community, especially in America, and really global globally, um, mm. and also just a leader um, and a role model for just actors and artists yeah. all over the place. Um, it's just a way bigger loss. Like It's just massive to... It just got into like everyone in the world, like every country has been affected. Like everyone's been thinking like, yeah. fuck, like that's crazy. I, th- I think in terms of all the Marvel pro- uh, properties that are coming mm-hmm. out, I think um, like this is probably the most intriguing one in terms of the way that they're going to be handling Chadwick mm. both. From, from that perspective, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the mm. film and like how they're going to approach him not being here because yeah. they decided that they're not going to do CGI with him. Which is, mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good way Fair to go because, like, sometimes those things. And I think, look especially a bit with with an actor like Chadwick Boseman, who really is a character actor in a in a leading actor's body, is like to then CGI him into a film. You're not going to get 
that impulsive performance that you you would have got. Yeah. You know, I, so it's not the same. I think for me, and they're also not going to recast and the disrespectful. role. And I think in the in a way, like recasting the role is would have been the way I would have done it. Like if I was a mm-hmm. producer's. And if I was the director, I would have recast it. Because to me, that's the way you honor someone is just to c- continue their the legacy. The legacy of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I watched the Disney investors meeting that happened about, I don't know, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Feige was talking about all the properties that were coming up for Marvel. And then he said, like, we will not be recasting that. And I had, like, a few ideas of who I wanted to be, the new yeah. Black Panther. Just, or just knew I'm T'Challa. Yeah. But then when I said that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't think... Like I don't think that's the way you should go, but mm. I mean I trust Ryan Coogler. Like he's that's never the thing. done anything. Ru- yeah, and in terms Ryan of being Coogler, a director, yeah, he's never done anything too bad. In the terms of being a, a writer and a director, has been very good at just digging into the, to knowing what he wants to represent and yeah. and representing that to its full capacity in a movie. And like she said, she said she wants um, and they're going to reshape the sequel to reflect his legacy or something like yeah, that to be about his legacy. Yeah, and so I think. When Ryan Coogler makes a choice like that, a very bold choice, he knows mm. what he wants to do and he will get that I across. I think the only thing you can really compare like his loss to in terms of a, in a mm-hmm. movie franchise is Paul Walker. Yeah. I mean, that I can think of st- just yeah. top of my head, straight off my head. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not a massive Fast and Furious guy, mm. so I didn't watch that movie. But yeah. I always hear that people like said that, oh, yeah, they were like really... That was one of the big like positive positivities that came out of movies of that movie, Fast and Furious Seven or something. I think it was mm. um, that they handled Paul Walker's like passing with really like just just really well, and just yeah. it had like it just probably made the movie more emotionally. Mm. It's something that the franchise never had before was that emotion, even mm-hmm. though it's like probably not part of the movie. You're it's more outside the movie that yeah. kind of emotion you're feeling and bring to the film. But yeah, like that's the only thing I could really think of. But it will be interesting to see what they do, like yeah. in terms of the story and who's going to become the Black Panther. But perhaps, well, in the comic books, I think Shuri's become the Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, Mbaku, yeah, was fighting for that position, but then became friends with T'Challa. Mm. Um, will they bring back Killmonger? But then I don't think they can bring back Killmonger because if you can bring back someone who's dead, why wouldn't they just bring back T'Challa? Because I assume that in this new version, they're going to say he died. Mm. They're just going to bring it up and be like, Surely. he's passed away or something. Mm. or yeah something will happen in which they'll have to say that yeah but i don't mind sure if she becomes a black man I, I, mm. I, I like that like it just changes the franchise although i feel like in the first one they didn't really set her up to be that mm. way but i mean that that's what this movie could be about her yeah. training to become that but also when he the director of black panther like ryan coogler he knew that chadwick boseman had cancer right no, no one knew. He didn't know himself. I don't don't think anyone really knew. I thought because everyone was really surprised when he everyone was surprised. Away. I thought Ryan Coogler knew, and MCU was told because he had to go get chemo during shoots and stuff. Oh, I, I remember reading yeah. that no one knew, or maybe that was just in Five Bloods that he had to go get chemo a lot during shoots. Maybe so. Maybe because mm, I was going to say if they knew while they were shooting it, they could have planned for. Yeah, but they didn't see. That's what it took. Yeah. Like Ryan Coogler had already written the script. With Chadwick Boseman in mind, right? Do you know what I mean? Like no one knew. Yeah, like, he was really sick. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I reckon this is my idea where how the movie's gonna go. Like I just thought of this. He's gonna pass away. Yeah, and then someone's gonna come up and challenge for that challenge for that position of Black Panther, and it's gonna be some kind of similar to the first one, and they're gonna mm. have to train Shuri up to become that to be to become to the fill black, in to fill in, yeah. the, to fill in the thing that's what I'm to not have. allow someone else come in yeah. who's then going to ruin the whole 100%. legacy like, of, of it's kind of similar to Black Panther 1 yeah. like in a sense but I think 
that's the way I would go. Kind yeah. of just almost retreading, yeah. but also, but you but doing with a different character, mm. and then allowing you to get invested into that character exactly, and then she can then go into, or perhaps they have to bring or like they have to find someone else who can do it. Maybe Shuri can't do it, right? Maybe she's like, I can't because like my brother was that kind of similar in the sense that Bucky yeah. couldn't become Captain America. Mm. It's like I don't know, maybe the best friends and like. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Oh, we should review that today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that. Fuck. <laughs> we really yeah. missed the ball on that one. We did nothing on Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, so. well, we'll have to do that next time. Fuck. <laughs> I, know, I just thought about that too. I was just like, fuck it. We oh, are dickheads. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm really looking forward to this property in terms of how they handle the character more than any other, any other property. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad. Like, it's very, it's, it's really weird. Like, it's going to be. I know. I wonder, like. I just watched that. Um, I kind of hope. I can't just. One more yeah. thing. I kind of hope that they don't do the thing in, like, in uh, the last. Return of the Last Jedi. With the, no, what was the fucking. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Where they're, like, in the, in the fucking opening credits, he's back. Like, you mean yeah. just, like, kind of negating all, like, the story you could have mm. bring with the Sith coming back? I mm. hope they just do that in, like, a credit being, like, Chadwick Boseman's dead. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to move on. Everyone just be cool with that. Like, I hope they actually integrate that into yeah. the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Um, no, I was about to say, I just watched that um, 20 minute, like kind of documentary thing on Chadwick Boseman talking oh, yeah. about him as an artist and things of that nature and just his, his life. And um, it, it made me think back to black Panther, and I was like, fuck, this actually sucks. Like, it's so sad yeah. for him to be gone. It's, like, it's he's like, just like amazing actor. I feel like, I mean, probably we'll touch upon this like when we talk about the Oscars in a, in a minute. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like he was really underappreciated as an actor. For the most part of his career yeah. as well. I think because, one, he started his career late in his life. Mm. You know, he was old. He had gone to Howard University. No, not old. He's very young. But, like, I mean, older in the sense of that he didn't, you know, break out at 22, 23. Yeah. Um, he went to university, Howard, and a, a very important university for black Americans. Um majority black university. Denzel Washington paid for his college or whatever it was. Yeah. And so he, and he went there to be a director and wanted to know everything about the film industry. He was like, as a director, I should know everything. So I'll take some acting classes as well. And then just fucking ran with acting because he was a freak. But like, I think due to that, for a lot of his career doing um, 42 or or the James Brown film. I think he's um, amazing. I think James, that's his best performance. He's so good. I didn't see Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I want to watch that. Is it Black Bottom? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I saw Get Up, Get mm. On Up, and that was so good. Like, I watched, it was amazing. Yeah. I saw a scene in Moraini's Black Bottom where he's talking about the guy, like, knocked his shoes or something. Mm. And he plays, like, a character who thinks the world's out to get him. He's getting really upset about it. And he's just able, like, all his line, he keeps saying, yeah, but you, you messed up my shoe. Yeah, but you messed up my shoe. And he does it in this way that, like, makes you almost cry. And, like, what the hell? He keeps repeating it. And usually you'd be like, it. shut the fuck up. But you're thinking, like, fuck, he's, like, making me cry watching it's this. It's like one of those things where it's, like, what's in the box? It's a thing like that because but every time he says it's completely different. Yeah, it's because his character really cares about his career and cares about the music and wants to be like the best he can be. And this guy just bumped his shoe and he didn't have much money and he got that shoe and and he was like, he's like, you just messed up my shoe. You can't just say sorry after messing up my shoe. Like I don't give a fuck about your sorry. Like you messed up my shoe. He goes, I said sorry. Like it doesn't matter. He's like, you messed up my shoe and it was really really upsetting. But um, I want to watch that whole film. I've just seen that scene. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see the way that they go with it. But I, I think 
I stick the news of them. I think it's going to be a really sad movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> at the will. end you'll be like, oh God. Yeah, I know. I, it's like scary to go in to watch it. I kind of don't want to go watch it because <laughs> I don't want to like, neg- like, I don't want to have to think that he's gone. Like it's such yeah. a weird thing because I never thought that like I would feel that way about Chadwick Boseman. But it's like when, mm. when people are gone, you really like feel Appreciate them more so and it's sad. More. And it's the case with a lot of artists, but you can't really help it. Yeah. When they're alive, you're always going to take I'm it for granted. Gonna I'm going to fucking cry. Yeah. I'm a crier. I'm a movie. I'm a crier movie. <laughs> it's only recent, but it's it's happened. <laughs> um, um, I definitely stick. Stick it yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, to flick, I think you would be an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have no emotion. <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, stick with that. Yeah. So let's go on to our first topic, I guess. Yeah, it's, um, mm-hmm. we're just going to review the Academy Awards, which happened on the Monday, yeah. which would have been the Sunday. So no, s- sorry, guys, the, that I couldn't do that podcast yeah. on the day, but. Yeah, well, shit happens. You dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, I couldn't have done it because I was moving. No, it was going to be me and my girlfriend doing it. Yeah. Um, and she's been on the podcast before. She knows the deal. Yeah, but she knows what's up. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> ass is ass. <laughs> my, my ass said otherwise. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Real so pain in the ass that one. So yeah. let's go through. We'll go through each category. We'll just do like a, a, a general overview. So the best picture started with that one. It was um. So out of all the nominations was The Father, Judas the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7, mm. and the, and Nomadland, and the winner was Nomadland, yep. which um, I haven't watched it yet, but I really like, I watched the trailer straight afterwards, because mm-hmm. I had, I'd seen the trailer, but yep. I just haven't seen the movie, and it has come out now, if you've got mm-hmm. Foxtel, it's on, it's on there, if you've got Disney Plus, it's on there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really happy that that won. I'm really happy with the choices of of. Best the winners the last couple of years, yeah. In terms of like indie cinema, uh-huh. do you know what I mean? Like, I think, um, yeah, Moonlight won a few years yep. ago. You mean it beat La La Land, which is pretty good. I mean, Nomad Land, pretty much. Well, there's not really many um big budgeted movies in this mm. like thing. I think the probably the biggest one would be maybe Trial of Chicago Seven, maybe. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm so glad that that won. Yeah, I'm, I've I'm, been liking that with the Oscars. Hey, like, because if you go back not so long ago, it was more of like. The most cinema movie that was still a big budget. Well, they call them Oscar bait. Yeah, yeah. It was Oscar bait films. Whereas now it's like they're... It's like they're really digging into what cinema really is and the art form and choosing the best art from each category. I think that's the good... Like, if if we can draw any positivity from... Any positives from COVID, especially in the the cinema Mm. and movie world, it's that indie indie films... And it allows people to kind of like Uh watch indie films now. Because they need to get released and whatever, yeah. so people actually will go and see those. Or like, and there's been more to the forefront because big studios don't want to release movies because yeah. they they won't recuperate any money from. And them. I think the cool thing is is that now because of all these streaming services, they can't just have big budget films on there. They have to fill it up, and so they're filling it up with a lot of all kinds of different movies. And so now, indie cinemas push to you a lot more, mm. and you have more and op- more of an opportunity to go watch it rather than having to go to the Dandy or a different type of cinema to go yeah. watch it. No one's gonna take that much time out of their day. Yep. But now it's allowed, you know, I mean, look at Timothy Chalamet, who's now this massive figure, this massive celebrity who got big off an indie film. Yeah. And so it's like, it's really cool to watch that happen in these these artsy films, these indie um, creative movies are, are really pushed to the forefront and winning those massive mm. awards. And I, so yeah, I love I'm, it. I'm happy with Nomad. I would have been happy with that winning um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I would have been happy with Sound of Metal winning, but I don't think that was ever going to... No. I think... I know you really wanted to win. Oh, I love Sound of Metal. That's really, really good. <laughs> um, it's funny because like um, 
Rotten Tomatoes, they released like, they've got like a kind of graph that has like all the uh-huh. winners, all the amount of w- uh, wins that a movie has in terms yeah. of awards. And Nomadland like was like it. almost a hundred awards yeah. above the second place, which I think was Minari. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was kind of inevitable, inevitable that that was going to win. Yeah. So best director, um, out of all the nomin, um, out of the nominations, all oh, the nominations were mm-hmm. Chloe Zhao, Thomas Vinterberg, David Fincher, Lee Isaac, Lee Isaac Chung, and Emerald Fennell. And the winner was Chloe Zhao, which was amazing. Yeah, really good. She's the first oh, Asian woman to win. Yeah, first woman, to, first person of color to win a best yeah. director, and second woman to win. Um, an Oscar, uh, best directing Oscar. It was yeah, it it's was amazing. sick. Yeah, she had a really good speech too. Um, yeah. Um, I think out of all those people, I would have been happy with anyone really winning. I mean, I haven't seen, I haven't seen another round, but I've heard that's really good. Mm. I haven't seen Mank, but David Fincher's great director. Yeah, it was it's a good film. Minari, good. you saw that. I saw Minari. Yeah. yeah. So and I saw Promising Young Woman, and I think that's a great mm-hmm. movie too. Yeah. It's really yeah. It was very just, strong. The, yeah, the I think best director the, category was very. Fucking strong. Out of all year. the um I think all the nominations, all the categories were like really strong competition. Like you would have been happy uh-huh. with nearly anyone winning. Yeah. Especially in like yeah, best actor. That's yeah. what's And that's I where been. I think this Oscars has a lot of ground because every year, no matter who wins, is always gonna be like, What the hell? You snubbed this person. Mm. But the Oscars have like have enough ground on this one to go, it was all so close and so tough that if we didn't select the person that we chose to win and gave it to the person that you think should have won, people would be saying you snubbed him. Yeah. And so them, I should say, yeah. not him. Um, and so I think it was just so strong. And no matter who you choose out of all the nominations, it was always going to be the right choice. I think what's an interesting thing about her winning too is that um, I think in a way you kind of have to like applaud Kevin Feige, the Marvel mm-hmm. the, the Marvel um, president or whatever. Yeah. Because he... Um, he he picked her to do the Eternals to direct the Eternals, yeah. and she hadn't even finished Nomadland yeah. yet. You know what I mean, like he saw this potential. Like I know. you have to thank him for her winning, but just be like, oh my god, like he's mm. got a great eye for talent. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because like yeah. she's a talented director, now, and that was before she was really that like well, she she, she done famous, um yeah. or not famous. But. What did she done? She'd done a few. I think she'd done a few movies before. Oh, there was a movie. Uh, I want to find now if the internet wants wants to work for me. <laughs> but um, it's yeah. It's just interesting that it's good that she that he he noticed that talent and has like put it into into yeah. the movie. And now I think she's the first director of a of a Marvel product that's actually won an Os- an Academy Award for directing, which is mm. it's pretty exciting. I mean, it makes you be more excited to see what the Eternals will be about. Yeah, especially what she will bring to the, the rider. Eternals. Yeah, I've heard of that yeah, one. Yeah, the rider, and that's really good. Didn't really get much, like, you know. Um, It'll be interesting box to see office how she or makes any publicity, but, like, based off that film, you can know that she, she knows what she's It'll doing. It'll be interesting to see her transition from small indie film yeah. to, like, a, Marvel. a big budget. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she's, like, had the she had the best pitch out of all oh, the, really? um, like, out of all the pitches yeah. Kevin Feige's heard for Marvel movies, she has the best one. I like the way Marvel so really goes, that goes down that um, route as well, choosing these indie filmmakers, do, like yeah. Ryan Coogler. Yeah, you exactly. Know? I mean, he did Creed, but, like, before that... Creed was almost his audition. Yeah, you know I mean? but, like, before that, he was really, like, an indie filmmaker. Well, and they do it with short everyone. Like, very James Gunn wasn't a massive, yep. like, name, and yeah. then, like, look at him now, he's huge. I know, and that's um, how they... I feel like that's how they can make these films that have... Such an artistic, yeah, cinematic quality to them. Well, because I think by picking these kind of directors, they really know they really want directors with like a strong, like strong mm. ideas, and people who are just gonna fucking pussyfoot yeah. around. And then just like they also like I think they'll 
also valuing story mm. and character yes. over and, and spectacle. Exactly. And I yeah. think they know they're not in it for the money. You know, you can get a lot of directors who, like, no knock on them. Go get your fucking money if you can get your fucking money. Mm. But, like, there are directors who do these superhero films who always just want to do the big budget film, and that's what they enjoy. Fair enough. But when you get ones who are like, no, I just like making movies. I like making cinemas. Okay, if you don't like it, I'm going to go this direction. I'm going to go make a small film and yeah. make a make million dollars off it rather than 200, but it doesn't matter. Whereas they can then do the Marvel film and they're not worried about trying to make it a spectacle to make as much money as possible. They're worried about making it the best film possible. Mm. And it's always going to be a spectacle when it's superheroes. Mm. And so through that way, it's actually generated more money and made them better than ever. And I yeah. think it's just really good the way Marvel's going with that. So we're pretty happy with that. Yeah, I like, definitely. I, like, I would have been happy with... Um, if, okay, if you were to put a second place person out of all those names, who do you reckon would have come second? I think Lee Isaac Chung would have Lee Isaac Chung that, or, or David Fincher, I think would have come second. Yes, Lee Isaac Chung or David Fincher. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's go to best actor, which I think is probably the most, I don't want to say controversial. Yeah, people have been but complaining. People have been let's complaining. be honest. Yeah, yeah, people have been saying it should have gone to Chadwick Boseman. But, um, but I, the nominations were Riz Ahmed, Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, and Stephen Yeun. Yeah. I would have been happy with any of those mm. winning. Actually, that morning, so I was sitting in uh, in emergency, <laughs> and um, and up on the TV they had like some the Oscars. They Jack, had they I had some <laughs> some, some knob off of Sunrise talking in LA talking about the Oscars. Right, I don't care. I call him a knob. He's a knob. He was, was in a Koshy? suit. Huh? So Koshy? I don't know who the hell it was. Oh. But anyways, he was there in LA and um and he was talking about who was nominated for best actor. And I was like, you know who's gonna win? And Millie was like, who? And I was like, Anthony Hopkins. I just knew it. I had a feeling. I just knew it. And deserving. Yeah, for deserving. sure. Deserving. I haven't seen the film, but I've seen a lot it. of clips. Like a lo- I've pretty much seen a lot of the film. I've seen a lot of scenes on YouTube and he's just amazing in it. Yeah. And so, um, fair enough. And like I know people are saying it should have gone to Chadwick Boseman, but I mean, maybe it's I need damned to- if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, do you know you know? I mean? if he doesn't win, which he didn't win, yeah. people are like, "Oh, he got robbed." But if he did win, people are like, mm. "Oh, he got the sympathy vote because he passed yeah, away." Yeah, so exactly. Like, what do you want? I think it's fair enough. He was nominated. He was in the running to win. He probably came in a close second. Yeah, but he just didn't win. It's okay. Yeah. Like he was, it doesn't. It doesn't tarnish his legacy. It doesn't tarnish his legacy. It doesn't knock his career. Anything. If any, like if anything, it's helped his career. Mm. Um and. Whereas Anthony Hopkins, let's also look at history being made as the oldest winner. Yeah. He's the oldest winner of Best Actor. So good oldest on him. Best, I think he's the oldest Oscar winner in an acting category. Right. Well, good on him. Like, yeah. amazing. Well, maybe and, oldest and well act- maybe oldest Oscar winner ever. Maybe. I think he would have been. Right. He'd be up there. 83, I believe he was. 82. Something like that. I know that Christopher Plummer was the oldest person to win an Oscar in an acting category. And mm-hmm. he was like 82 or something. Right. Maybe he's 83. And, right. Well, that's like... Fair enough, you know, he deserves two Oscars in his career. He's fucking well, it's been it's a like tremendous those, actor. It's like one of those things where it's like, where they're like, oh, he's only won one. Well, they've only won one Oscar. You're like, what the hell? Like, they should have won a lot more. Do he's been mean? nominated like seven Same times. Gary Oldman, people are saying like, for years people are saying he's never won an mm-hmm. Oscar and you just look at the roles and now he's won an Oscar mm-hmm. and now he's looking to win his second. Yeah, you know, crazy. It's it like, like DiCaprio in that point as well. Much younger, but like everyone's yeah. like, how the fuck has he not won yet? Yeah, I would have been, I really thought like, I had a feeling, I thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win purely yeah. because like he'd been winning most of the awards. Yeah. I had a f- my dark horse was Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. but the person I really wanted to win was Riz Ahmed. Yeah, I know. I thought like, oh my god, Sound of Metal is just a great mm. movie. Like yeah. it's so, and it's really just like his performance is really like like mm. really tragic. It's just really and yeah, it's a really great movie. Like so good. I highly recommend. I need to watch it. it. Yeah, but I think anyone could have been 
Anyone could have won there. Like Minari, exactly. Stephen Yun could have won. For exactly. That. Like, yeah. is it Yun or Yuan? Am I saying Yun? I think it's Yun. We'll go with Yun for now, and yeah. I'll, I'll watch an interview and correct myself next podcast episode. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah I would have been happy with any of them winning. Mm. Um, I think it yeah kind of solidifies Anthony Hopkins' career. I think yeah, not that it was ever in doubt. Like you could just no. he's done so many great performances, but like it just really just emphasizes that he's an all-time. Legend. He's a hall of famer. Yeah, like you know I mean? if, if yeah. there was a hall of fame for acting, he's, he's on the very much a fucking hall of fame. Um, so let's go to Best Actress. And the nominees were Viola Davis, Frances McDormand, Andra Day, or Andra, uh, Andra Day, or Andra Day, mm-hmm. Vanessa Kirby, or Kerry Mulligan. And the mm-hmm. winner was Frances McDormand for Nomadland, yeah. which I didn't think was going to happen because but when, yeah. I she'd won it not so long ago. And, and I think gen- uh-huh. the general rule is that people don't win too, too close. Yeah. But it had been three years, so I guess mm-hmm. that's probably a bit more leeway. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I think she's mm-hmm. a great... And that... That also like solidifies her her career too. She's won three Oscars now. Yeah. You mean that's that's rarefied air. Yeah. Not many people have. And where does that put her if you want to talk about best actresses, where does that put her in, in that category if you're talking from a awards mm. perspective? And the cool thing about Frances McDormand is she's always made these choices to do the movies that suit her and that she likes. Mm. And she's happened to get massive awards along the way. Yeah. Um Oh my god, it, it says on her Wikipedia she's won four Oscars. Oh. Three competitive acting ones, and she's uh, also a producer or something. I think she probably wanted a producer one as well, right? But yeah, continue what you're saying. She's made choices um, as an actor to just do the to do the movies that she wants to do and tell the story she wants to tell. Mm. And Oscars have come along as a byproduct of her just being true to herself and true to her art. Yeah, and I think I really enjoy that. In an oh actor yeah, she wanted when, a producer for Nomadland, right? Boom. When yeah. they're not going out and and seeking these roles that are like this will bring me praise. It's more she just makes the choices and she's like, I don't care so much about if I win an Oscar or not. With Frances McDormand? It, yeah. Yeah, totally. She's and very much like that. And it's just worked for her completely. And yeah. she's just like, I love seeing good character actors just like rack up these Oscars and like become stars. She's just one of those people you know? where like, she's really like, she's almost a chameleon in a way. Because you think, you don't, yeah. you don't think much like, She's like not when really I, out in the spotlight yeah. in terms of the films, but like when you really think about her like body of work, like she was mm-hmm. in um, Burn After Reading, which is really good, and mm-hmm. then she's in Fargo, and all her roles are really different. Yeah. Like from Fargo, she's like this kind of like yeah, eccentric yeah. kind of cop, and then yeah. like in um and in, you can in literally three billboards like, yeah. out of Epping, Epping, Missouri, whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, she's like this hard ass, and then yeah. this one I'm, I haven't seen No Man Lane, but I'm definitely going to watch it tonight. Mm. Um, but you can yeah. like watch. It's so crazy because you watch um. Three three billboards, right? And then time passes and then you watch, say you, you Fargo's on TV and you watch Fargo. And then you, you don't put those two actors, you're yeah. not like that's Francis McDormand, you know? You're like, that's that character. Yeah. And then you watch Nomadland and you forget that's the actor from from Fargo. Yeah. You're just like, that's this character. And I like and, how she And that's always yeah. kind of, there's an argument that that's the job of an actor to kind of keep that. Um, mystery mystery and yeah. ability to be able to just be the characters in the movie and stay out of the spotlight and I just love the way she's done that and, and she also has quality over quantity do you yeah. know what I mean like she doesn't Definitely. she doesn't pick a mm. lot of roles but the ones that she does mm. that she does pick you know that yeah. they're, they're they're just like ultimate yeah. roles and then, I reckon she'll be in a Marvel movie soon too you reckon I, 100% that's how it works. <laughs> like people would be like, let's get her in one. Like she'll play, she'll play some sort of bad guy. Yeah, or I, she'd kill it as a bad guy yeah. too. I reckon. Or yeah, I have I, anything. I, I bet she'd you, kill it as. Mark my words. Next two years, she'll be, <laughs> she will, she will be cast 
in not just, it doesn't have to be a Marvel movie, in a superhero movie DC, or yeah. a um yeah, just let's go to mm. a movie. I'll say that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Or actually. a big budgeted franchise. Yeah. yeah. That'd be really For cool. For sure. I can just see it. <laughs> I can just, even though she doesn't need it though. She doesn't yeah, need it. Yeah, no. And and she and the movie that she chooses to be in a superhero film will be one that she thinks is a story she wants to be a part of and tell. And would, that's the cool thing. Who would you have picked uh, if you could have picked another winner? Who would you reckon came second? I would have picked Carrie. Oh, Carrie Mulligan. I thought sure. she was so strong and just um, but just an incredible. I haven't movie seen those other movies as well, so right. I'll put that out there. But I have seen Promising Young Woman. I think she was she killed that role. Amazing. So yeah. Um, let's go to Best Supporting Actor, mm-hmm. and the nominees were Sasha Baron Cohen, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Raichi, and Lakeith Stanfield, and Daniel Kaluuya. Mm. And the winner was Daniel Kaluuya. Yeah. And that's Is it who Kaluuya I or Kaluuya? Kaluuya. Kaluuya, yeah. Kaluuya, I think, is a drink. <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty sure that's really? an alcoholic beverage, yeah. Right. I'm saying it wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. Kaluuya. Yeah. Um, I think that was, that's a lock. Yeah. I, think, I, I knew it It's funny because, like, when I watched that movie, I would have been, I thought, like, Keith Stanfield yeah. was a lot better. Yeah. Not, not a lot better, but, like, he was just, like, more of a standout I think he had, he had that character as well. Like, he had the, the better character character in the film. I think Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya has more. the more meatier role. Like he's, yeah. he's a, he can do a lot more with it. Mm. Where like Keith Stanfield has the kind of like quieter, but it's mm. more intense. And mm. I, I, I know I really like Keith Stanfield yeah. a lot. Um, but you know, that's also solidifies mm. him as- And, and deserving. As, as, as He'd like, been nominated before and- Yeah. But like that solidifies him as, as here. Like he's here now. Like yeah. he's going to be a force to- Yeah. And his, his speech was hilarious when he's like, my mum and my dad had sex. <laughs> and then it, and it shows and the mum and the yeah, mum's getting like, angry. Yeah, like, she looked like she was about to blow up. Like an African she, mom. Was, she was getting, I think it was his sister next to her or something. And she was laughing. She was laughing. I thought it was hilarious. His speech was like, really good. Like, he was up drunk. Until that, I thought it was like really, really good up into that bit. And then it kind of just like took that turn. And I was like- It took that Joaquin Phoenix turn. It was funny, like, yeah. but it was like, it kind of, it kind of, downplayed what he was saying a little mm, bit. It kind yeah. of took the spotlight away. Mm. It's funny though. But it was hilarious. Yeah, I no, think he was drunk for sure. No, I don't think so. Oh, really? But he was like, we're going to hit re- the drinks later tonight. You know that? Well, yeah, gonna- <laughs> fuck off. They're fucking winning Oscar. I'm, I'm partying for days. I'm going to Larry. I'm going to Larry Emder. Or Bender. But um, yeah, for sure. I'm fucking... If I'm winning an Oscar, I'm selling that Oscar and getting some fucking beers. Selling the Oscar. <laughs> I'm selling the Oscar for a mansion. That's what <laughs> How crazy would that be? No, he's... Um, yeah, he's definitely a force to be reckoned with in the, in the industry now, and he's, he's here to stay. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And like every single choice he's made, from Black Mirror to this sci-fi short film he did for, um, uh, was it? What's that? They do a bunch of sci-fi short films on YouTube, and they all get like millions of views. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, he did one, and he right. played like this African da- guy who like steals a camera and then gets a photo just like of him, and behind him this alien like water thing comes out, and so he's known as like the alien boy. <laughs> Something right. he gets famous in it, anyways. And that was a really good short film. I'll have to check it out. It's really funny, and just every single choice has just been amazing by him, and definitely. It, I think a lot of it though. I think like Heath Stanfield could have been better in that film. Like not, not I mean could have been better. Like he didn't live up. I mean, could have been better than Daniel Kaluuya in that film. Mm-hmm. But I think it was kind of an Oscar to be like deserving. Yeah. Like this is you as an actor. You deserve an Oscar. Oh, I think actually like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think. And the I, Oscars do that a bit. I think. No, but I think Daniel Kaluuya deserved to win. Oh, it wasn't just for because, sure. Like, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying either. I mean, like Heath Stanfield. Like Heath? M- was it Lakeith? Is it Lakeith or Lakeith? It's L A. There's no I. Like L A. You're, you're the way. Yeah, you're but I've heard Lakeith been said before. I like Lakeith. Lakeith, but Lakeith. But that's L E. Right no, it's not. 
Le. La. La Keith. LeBron. La. La Maybe. Oh, who cares? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Um, La Keith. La Keith, if you listen to this, Anyways. check us <laughs> He, um, I mean, he deserved it too. But I think it's just more of a point of like, Daniel Kalu, you deserve this. And I, I think I can see La Keith Stanford winning an, oh, an sure. Oscar in his career. He's such point. an eccentric guy. <laughs> like, oh, I know. Totally Have you seen his like interviews? Odd. <laughs> but he's like odd in the best way. He's an oddball. Yeah. I saw his like, um, sneaker... Complex, the complex sneaker mm-hmm. one. What's it called again? Sneaker shopping. Sneaker shopping with complex. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I saw that, and he, he's Lapuma. not even wearing shoes in the fucking thing. Yeah. Like he's, it's a piss take. Like he's taking the piss yeah. out of the whole thing. But yeah, he's he's so cool. And like even he's a funny he guy. always plays eccentric guys. Like I think mm-hmm. that's what's good about him in um in Black Messiah, Judas and Black Messiah. Is that yeah. like it's 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 a very straighty one eighty performance. Like do you know what I mean? Like he gets to mm. grow into the character. Whereas in like shows like Atlanta, he's just totally fucking weird. <laughs> and like, he's just odd. Like, and, but that's, I feel like that's probably him. That's more him yeah. than anything else. Like yeah. it's Charles Gambino is like, just go on there. Just and Charles Gambino, he, he wants people to be weird on that show. Yeah, I mean, that show is totally fucking mm. crazy, but yeah, it's, it's good. So let's go <laughs> on to um, Best Supporting Actress and the nominees were Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman, Yu Yun Jun, and Amanda Seyfried. Oh, and uh, Maria Bakalova. Bakalova, I can't. Bakalova. Oh, Bakalova, yeah. Bakalova. Yeah. Yeah. And the winner was Yu Jin Jun. Yes, fucking, he called this. Yeah. yeah. Fucking oath. I, I think was, this was a really... This was oh. up in the air. Like, I didn't know who was going to win. I fucking did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you picked it. I was like, if you watch Minari, it would have been a lot I think I too. agreed with you, but I was like, I would have been happy to see the um, the girl from um, Borat, Maria Bakalova, mm. to win the Oscar. I think that would have been so cool. If you watch Minari, you would have been like, okay, it's I, done for. I kind of thought... Glenn Close is going to win. She's never going to win now. I don't think she's ever going to win. Which <laughs> I don't understand. It's fucking bullshit. Like, she she deserves one ago, in her career. But, um, yeah, it's, I think yeah, that's why I thought she was going to win. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I don't know. Like, like she fucking deserves one. And it's like, in case this opportunity doesn't come up again, we'll just give it to you. Exactly. That type that's of what thing. I, because I think this is like the oh. year it could have happened. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to be like rude to the Oscars, mm-hmm. but like, you know, sometimes. They, they do that. They don't pick they don't pick the best performances. Do you know what I mean? They like, pick yeah. Yeah. So like I thought maybe this was the oh. year. And had she won, I think she would have she would have been the first person to win or been nominated for Razzie and win and, and, yeah. and, and an Oscar and win That's for awesome. that role or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um I think probably if she hadn't been nominated for the Razzie, maybe she would have won. I don't know. Yeah, because maybe they didn't want to exactly do that. But who knows? Give that stat. Yeah, but, but Anyways, I think it was a fucking amazing choice of the yeah, winner because sure. she was just amazing. And Maybe I should go see that during the week. The speed, like, whenever she talks about it, it's so cool. And she's like, it's so great to be noticed by Westerners yeah. now. What did she <laughs> say about Brad Pitt? She was like, Brad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, someone actually asked her, like, later in the um, interview section afterwards, so, like, what did Brad Pitt smell like? And she's like, I wasn't smelling the poor yeah. guy or something like that. I've heard some things. Yeah. Because he, he believes in natural odours, apparently. Apparently, he's a smelly fucker. Let me tell you, like, he's the best looking bloke on the planet, but boy, yeah. pew Let me tell you, that motherfucker stank. Some stank to it. Got some stank dang. But when you look at him, you can see that. Maybe you can see it on him. Like, maybe. I think it's just my insecurity and jealousy. And jealousy of Brad Pitt. How the fuck it is. Yeah. Technically, me and Brad Pitt are the same. Same species. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, you're both human. Yeah. But how the fuck does he turn out so fucking perfect, huh? Well, I don't want to downplay myself. <laughs> I don't think I'm a, I'm a bad no, sort. I think that all the time, though. I watch a film and I'm like, yeah, no, look at these guys. No, Ryan Gosling's the one where I'm yeah. like, 
That's like, insane. How can I compete in Denzel, this world? Denzel. Denzel. Mm. Oh my God. Denzel Washington back in the day. Even now, but like back in the day, he's a looker. Even like, like, he's like a, a great looking bloke. Morris Chestnut. Why is bullshit, man? What the fuck? Fucking, Why yeah. is your face so symmetrical, dude? <laughs> and he's got like, and like Denzel's just a fucking bloke. Yeah. Like same with like, um, like Sean Connery. You mm. mean Sean Connery was just a guy? Like he was a man. Mm. You mean there's not many people you can say are men, but he was a bloke. Like kind of like Ben Affleck. He's, he's that. Nah, I feel, you don't reckon? No, 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 no. Sean Connery is like a guy. Like that guy can fix shit. Or like Idris Elba. Idris Elba, I would say, is mm. near, near being a man. I don't want to say he's a man yet. <laughs> I'm making a clip out of that. so many people you can Idris give, Elba like, is nearly a man. Blood, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, that's a bloke. Uh, that'll come out when I'm you not get a famous. Bloke. I can, John, I'll tell famous you. singer, John Grant, <laughs> calls Idris Elba nearly a man. Yeah, I could, yeah. <laughs> that could be taken some other way too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess. Okay. We're the um, same race. <laughs> but, like, yeah, like... Like yeah, there's only so many people you can say. Mm. How did we get into talking about guys when talking about best supporting actress? <laughs> how, that's bad. How, Sorry, yeah, <laughs> patriarchy. That's Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would have been happy. I, w- I think it would have been cool to see Amanda Seyfried win, but it's mm. good that she got the nomination. I think yep. she's kind of like her career has been a bit mixed, and I think mm-hmm. this is like a good kind of like thing she can just build yeah. off. Um, but yeah, I, I, Yu Yun Jun, you picked mm. it. Yeah, I think that's th- what well, we picked. Which ones I did we knew. pick? We picked that. We picked best supporting actor. We knew mm. that was going to happen. I'm I picked best sure supporting actor. I picked. I picked best supporting actor. Best supporting actress. We didn't pick best actor. I didn't know. We thought no. Chadwick was going to win that one. No, um, we didn't. We picked. Did we? I pick did on best the actress? day. But you can't say. <laughs> I could fucking say anything on the day. No. Oh, did we? Maybe we did. Maybe we did pick best actress. I know. Maybe I think I went for Kerry Mulligan because I hadn't seen all the other. Oh ones. yeah, yeah, true. Best director, we picked that. Yeah, um, for sure. And no, I think yeah, we picked yeah, best picture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we, we actually yeah. did all right. Yeah, we did good. We should have had like a tipping comp. comp I know, right? <laughs> but it's yeah. So those are like we'll just we'll stick we'll stop with those because it's yeah. like the um the main ones the main ones. And I'm now like, we we'll could talk about in. the whole thing. We'll, we'll, get, we'll be here yeah. all day discussing yeah. that shit. And now towards the end of the podcast, we'll talk about some. Uh, yeah, so we're going to go Shorts. from yeah short films, which mm. I don't think get enough love no. in terms of being noticed as cinema. Yeah, and I think especially us as a um, a movie podcast, we we don't want to pigeonhole ourselves, and so we do try and be like, we don't want to do too much Marvel, we don't want to do too much this. Even we want to talk about Marvel every all the time. Podcast, you can't help it, but like we want to talk about everything there is in, in cinema and movies and stuff yeah. and or talk try about how it affects the world, yeah. socially, culturally, all of that. And so... Um, Short films deserve, you know, There's an episode. A bit of sure. love. Bit of, yeah. They need a cuddle every now and then. Exactly. Who doesn't? Yeah. I love um, a cuddle. <laughs> and up. so it, I thought maybe we should do short films because um, yesterday I watched the um, Academy Award winning short film, Two Distant Strangers, yep. um, which is a short film starring Joey Badass, the rapper. Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. He's becoming he plays, a lot in my week. He plays the main, uh, the main actor in it, the main um, character. And basically, it's a film about a uh, black man who wakes up one morning after having a one night stand with a girl. And I've been there, brother. (laughs) 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 But you haven't been to the next bit. (laughs) And and basically, like he wants to get back to his dog because he loves his dog, and he's showing her pictures of his dog, right? 
and he has this really cool app where he f- where you can like FaceTime his dog and like press this button and out of this machine it pops out like dog treats. And he's like, I'll be home so soon, buddy. So did he have buddy. sex with a dog? <laughs> he's like, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> with this girl. Oh, okay, And right, then he's FaceTiming sorry. to his dog back home. So I haven't and been then, there. And he's like, and he's popping out trees like, I'll be home soon, buddy. And then walks out the door and um, he was just took out a cigarette from his bag, um, put it in his mouth. And as he turned around, he bumped a guy and the guy spilled coffee on his shirt. And he's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And so the guy's convoluted like, for a short film. And the guy's like, that's where it can get. And the guy's like, oh, it's my new shirt, man, whatever. And he's like, okay, sorry, sorry. And the guy walks off. And then this police officer comes up and says, we're having a problem here. And he's like, no, like, didn't you see nothing happen? And the police officer just questioned him. He was like, is that a cigarette or is that weed? Why do you have cash in your It's a cigarette weed. And then basically gets him down and kills him. And he puts a knee in him. He's like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Dies, <laughs> wakes up the next morning, tries. And he's like, what the hell? Why did it just repeat? He thought he had a dream. Oh, like Groundhog Day. Yeah. And it's Groundhog Day. And he keeps getting killed by this police officer. Keeps going, waking up, tries to find a new way, gets killed. Then he tries talking to him. Took him 99 times. And then he tried talking to the guy and then he told him, he was like picking out stuff, what's going to happen throughout the day. And the guy's like, holy shit, you're like blowing my mind. And then he's like, well, what can I do for you? Because I don't want you to die. And he's like, could you just drive me home? I just want to get to my fucking dog. Yeah. So, okay. So he drives him home. He hops out the car. He's walking into his apartment. And then the police officer starts clapping and he turns around and he's like, wait, what? And he goes, that was your best performance out of the bunch. Like police officer's been controlling the situation. He's been in it every day. He's been repeating the same day. I don't know. It's some like crazy is from, shit. Is this WandaVision? And he's like, you've tried this. You've tried this hard. This was your best one. Almost worked for you. And then just kills him. And then he's lying on the ground and blood is coming out of him. And a bit that I'm not, I don't really like. The blood's in the shape of Africa. All right. You <laughs> didn't like that. Uh, I Did you think it was a bit too much tacky. like nail on the head? Yeah. Especially when at the beginning they're panning through like the apartment and, um, there's a book there, James Bolden book. Oh, yeah. And it goes, and then, yeah. And so it just got a bit like, come It's on. like obvious. Yeah, it's a bit obvious. And it's also- kind of like dumbing the thing, down yeah. the audience a little bit. And so it won the Oscar and I take nothing away from it. It's a really good film. I think it was great um, casting. The actors are amazing. I like the story, the metaphor it represents. Um, like it's hard to knock the film. Yeah. But the one knock that I can give it is that when you put something, two knocks, sorry. When you oh, put, I actually have heard of this film. Yeah. Yep. When you put something in a time loop, I feel like there has to be something that breaks the time loop at the end. Okay. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, if it keeps going time loop and then it ends with him waking up, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I don't care. I'm going to keep trying. And one way or another, I'm going to get back to my dog and then walks off. And it's a bit like, you didn't break the time. Like nothing changed in that time loop, you know? And what's to say he gets back to his dog? Cops are outside. Can you hear something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, we're going to get killed. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a time loop. I shouldn't have talked about this. But what's to say when he gets back to his dog, he's breaking the time loop. But anyways, also another knock is that two years ago, Twilight Zone came out again, right? With yep. Jordan Peele producing it. Yep. And he, he wrote an episode oh. himself. And this episode is about a black teenager who wakes up and he's going to school. He wants to do his project at school or something. On his way to school, he gets killed by a police officer. Yeah, he wakes up the next morning, tries to get to school, gets killed by the police officer. It's a Groundhog Day situation. Then he goes through this ma- massive, elaborate plan. Jesus. After it happens like fifty times, wait, 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 it gets yep. worse because <laughs> this guy gets killed in front of right before he gets to his dog. Right, yeah. This guy gets all the way through all these hidden tunnels back to school in front of all these students. The police officer kills him in front of all his friends. Jesus. And so, but then he ends up being able to break the time loop. 
somehow I forget how it happened I'm a bit because years ago. Yeah. And then it's like 20 years in the future. He has a kid and he walks out the door heading to work. And then it ends when you just hear in like, it goes dark and then you hear police siren. Like we're hearing right now. Hear a police siren and you're like, is that a siren? I don't know. Whatever. Let's just no idea go with the is. podcast. Sorry. And, um, <laughs> And you hear a police siren and it ends, right? And so I'm like, hang on, you can't just copy this episode of Twilight Zone that Jordan Peele already did. But two you said years it didn't ago. come out, right? It did come out. Okay, it did. Yeah, I thought it, you said it. No, it came out. He wrote that's, it, but he didn't. No, that's it how I I'd oh, okay. seen it on TV. And I was like, and then when an Oscar for it, it was a bit weird. And so I did some research, and the guy actually talked to Jordan Peele, yeah. and he's like, oh, it's very similar. And Jordan Peele said. And he sent it to yeah. Jordan Peele and Jordan Peele was like, yeah, it's very, very similar. There's enough subtle differences that I can allow you to yeah. release it. But it wasn't like, but the way he said it verbatim, it wasn't like Jordan Peele was going, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's not that it's similar. Like, he said, it's very similar, but there's enough subtle yeah. differences that I will allow you to release it. And the guy won an Oscar. Like, fair play to him. Yeah. It's a good film. And I love the metaphor it represents. Well, it's just like, but yeah. come on, man. <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> One, it's already a copy. The other thing's a copy of Groundhog Day, but it works well for the story, right? So that's fine. And then this is a copy of a copy of Groundhog. Like, what the fuck? Well, okay, that <laughs> Groundhog Day thing. Has no, been it's done very different. A yeah. lot. Do you know yeah, what I mean? yeah, I know. And it's been done differently in a lot of yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, but like, and it works well for it. But when you're pretty much repeating an episode of Twilight Zone, when I'm a bit like, there's no, you know, I have to watch both to kind of. Yeah, you'll have to, to see what you're talking. I would about. have to say watch Twilight Zone episode first, and the, then watch okay. Two Distant Strangers. All right. Okay. Yeah. Do it that way. Okay. Um, and so yeah, so I, I like it. I think it's good. Um, deserving of an Oscar, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but no, fair enough. Like it was pretty good. And so um, I do like the way it represents. And so we thought we'd talk about some other short films and what we like in short films and what makes a good short film, I guess. Um, but that's just my quick review of Two Distant Strangers. <laughs> you just told me the whole fucking movie. Yeah. Now I can't watch the fucking thing. Oh, yes, you can. <laughs> okay, so um, I guess the one that I'm going to be talking about, I'm talking about, we're talking about two, right? Two mm-hmm. each? So the one I'm talking about is, um, I'll talk about the first one. It's called I'm Here mm-hmm. by Spike um, Spike Jones. That's how you pronounce it. Mm. I was gonna, can you, it's Jones or Jones, but it's Jones. Mm-hmm. Just with a Z in it. So you know, it's trendy. <laughs> But it's essentially about this like robot voiced mm-hmm. by Andrew Garfield, and he also plays the role as well. And he's kind of just like that's who, yeah, the voice, okay. yeah, because yeah. we're watching it a little bit before, mm. and I was like, guess the voice, and you're gonna get it. But um, yeah, so it's essentially about him. He's a robot, and it's set in the like, not too distant future. I love when movies do that, mm. and it's like it's set in the future, but you, it's a it's a future you know could happen, and it's like it's real, like it's mm. it's it's close enough enough to your own reality that you can relate mm. more to it. And it's kind of about this robot who's like just living life. And you can tell that there's a sense in him that he wants to be more mm-hmm. or just do more. And he sees this other robot who's drive this robot girl who's mm-hmm. driving a car. And he's like, what the hell? Like, that's weird. And like, they're not supposed to do those kind of things. And essentially he falls in love with her. And um, she's real, she's more reckless. Like he's mm-hmm. really quite conservative because he hasn't lived like a life, but she's more about, like living life to the fullest, and in doing so, she loses an arm mm. and she loses a he- like a leg. But in doing that, like while she loses all that stuff, Andrew Garfield gives her his arm, his leg, and it kind of plays off this um children's book, this children's book called um <laughs> book children's book. Yeah, I was about to burp. <laughs> this children's book called The Giving Tree, 
which yeah, is, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you've ever read that. It's powerful shit. Come on, yeah. But it's of course like, I have. It's a stump in the end. Yeah, yeah, so essentially it's about this kid in this tree and the kid's like, I want to have uh, f- some fire or something. It's like, and it oh, starts off small yeah. and then basically ends up taking the rest of the tree, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, so the then, and the kid at the yeah. end becomes like an eight-year-old man and he's like, I need a place to sit down and there's a stump and the tree's like, sit on me. It's like, yeah. So it's kind of, a, it's playing off of that. Yeah, it's, really, it's really, it's really intense. <laughs> First book that made me cry, actually, when um, mum read it to me when I was five. But like the, the movie essentially, is, the short film's about like the sacrifices we make when we're in love. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, the things that we'll do to kind of better yourself, mm. I guess, better yeah. each other. But it's like at the, but like, yeah, like there's a lot of symbol, like a lot of symbolism in it. Like at the end when, at the end, essentially, like she, she gets, essentially she dies mm-hmm. and he's like, well, I can bring her back to life and he gives her her body. Mm. He gives, yeah, her, his body. So, yeah. And then like, all he is is a head and then like, she's she's got her own body and he's like, he's willing to give everything to her and then like, she, and she was still like, even though, he, even though during the film, like she loses an arm and loses a leg or whatever um, and he gives it to her, she's still reckless mm-hmm. but at the end, like, she, um, she gets in a cab, like she mm. calls a cab and it kind of symbolizes that she's willing to change but mm. it's like, I don't know if it's like too much or whatever, like, mm. but like there's, yeah, there's, the thing I like about this movie is like, it's, it's really, really deep and it's got the robots in it and it's like something, it's so fantastical, but like, it's still human, mm. you know what I mean? And you can see the through line from that movie, which was made in 2010 to, um, to her, which yeah. was Spike Jones's um, movies, like mm. big budget movie, which is, they're like really eerily similar because they deal mm. with like technology and love mm. and like, it's weird how you can see um, like true love and uh, just like the exploration of relationships through technology mm. in a way. So you get like this, you, you see like a more real thing in love with two robots and you do sometimes mm. in a 30 minute film mm. than you do to fucking some big budget mm. Hollywood yeah, movie. Kind of like, like um, I mean? Wally and- And Eve. Eve, yeah. Eva or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah exactly That's like that. That's an amazing yeah. love And like story. same with like her. Her is between a guy- Walking Phoenix mm-hmm. and a fucking Siri. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it's it's more real than anything you'll ever see between yeah. two humans. Yeah, and, and I think you like, can play on that very well. Yeah, and yeah, but it's like it's it's definitely That'll one lead of my, me into something else. But yeah, go on. It's definitely one of my favorite. It's probably because I actually have like a top ten list of films. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost ten. I think it's like nine or eight, mm-hmm. and that's in my that's in it. Like, yeah, it's it's so good. It's beautifully shot, beautifully acted. Andrew Garfield has just like a really great voice. Mm-hmm. Like his voice in this film carries so much um, emotion and vulnerability. Yeah. And he can do that in his voice very yeah. well. I'll a, always give him that. I've always looked at him as such an iconic voice. An too. amazing voice actor. Yeah. And so he can always express so much emotion through his voice. That's always been his thing. And so I yeah, yeah I agree. hundred percent. But like um yeah, it's, it, like his voice is great. Uh sorry, I'm just trying to get the film up. Because there's like a really great thing that's one of the comments. Because like it's it's always great to read the comments. Like you can catch all these short films. I think on. Can you watch the your short film on, on YouTube? YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so oh, that's on Netflix. The two distant strangers. Yeah. That's on Netflix. Okay. Well, this one. I'm sure I'm it's here, on YouTube I'm somewhere. here and the other one I'm about to talk A lot about of it. them are on YouTube because yeah, a lot of YouTube. the short film uh, producing companies, production companies put them on YouTube and have yeah. a YouTube channel with like millions of subscribers. So there was so. this really interesting comment I saw on here from from King Pivot. Mm-hmm. Zero zero one. It was from five years ago. So King Pivot, if you're listening to this, <laughs> shout out King you know Pivot. No, I'm, I'm quoting you. <laughs> he says, um, "For me, this is kind of a darker. This has a darker tone because the movie is quite warm. 
in the mm-hmm. way it presents its stuff. Yeah. But it's a quite deep movie. Yes. And it's a, he's a, he said it has a darker tone. It's like a metaphor of being in love with someone who's destroying themselves because you keep giving your own life to them to try to save them, but it only ends up killing you both. Mm. Which I thought was like, that's a really great way to read that, um, like just to like, mm. yeah, to read the film. And then like one comment, like more down, it says here, obviously like from, from uh, Amy, A-M-I-E, mm-hmm. from seven years ago, it says, obviously this film is trying to portray, the film is trying to portray love, but most people don't know what love really is. Love is dedication, love is patience, love is holding mm. on to the hardships. Yeah. Love is some infatuation, real love lasts a lifetime. Which I thought was like interesting to see those two comments. Like one is taking it from like a darker kind of perspective mm. and the other one seeing it from like this warm perspective. Yeah. So it's like you, you're really, it's such a- I like, like that about movie. films when- it, yes, it is open. And so they're expressing love in a way that the way you view love and what yeah. can pull on your heart and what affects you the most, exactly. you will see in the movie. Yeah. And another person will see another thing, but it's just representing love in all its forms. You're, you're, bringing, you're bringing what you're like, you're bringing your own mm. life experiences to the to a film. Yes. So it, yeah, just, it, I think it's just a, a really beautiful movie. Yeah. I like all of Spike Jones' work. Um, I love like, I love the way he shoots his films, the way like, uh-huh. the, the color palettes he uses, especially mm-hmm. in her. Her is like in my top yeah. ten, top ten great, uh, fav- yeah, best movies I've ever seen. Mm. Yeah, that's my that's my one. I highly recommend oh. it. Really, really good. I think yeah. it's also to be said about short films is the is the length. Yes, the, the length actually plays a part in yeah. the movie. Definitely, well, like the, the ability to be able to come like these are movies only go for like mm-hmm. half an hour. Yeah, and like the ability to capture such deep emotions. Mm-hmm. In such a short frame, mm. like such a such, yeah. such a short amount of time. So yeah. yeah, it's very difficult. And I found that because I'm at the moment right now, I'm writing a short film, and the, what you were touching on with technology and that stuff. Yeah. Mine is kind of based around. I'm not going to go too far into it, but basically, uh, it's a love story, and these two characters don't actually see each other. They're talking yeah. on the phone, um, and I won't talk about if they talk every day on the phone or if it's a one time conversation Spoiler or if alert. it's a call center. Doesn't matter, right? Watch it and find out. But basically it happens over the phone and playing on that, trying to put in all the things I want to put in Mm. um, into a short amount of time. And like I saw when you're writing a short film, you want to kind of know the time frame you're going for after the first draft. You look at it and you go, okay. How long is your going to be? It's around 14 to 17 minutes. Did you have like a time? Around that. A time like limit? No. Okay. No. So, well, I didn't want it to go over 30. Yeah. And then when I wrote the script, um, I did a couple of drafts and I was like, you know what? I can cut this, cut this, add this. It's probably going to be around 14 to 17 mm-hmm. at most, like 16, I reckon. Yeah. That's probably where it'll sit. Um, but yeah, and so writing that, it's very hard to get everything you want to put into the film to know that will bring out the emotion. And it's kind of like you have to work within a different structure in a short film. Mm-hmm. And a short film is like an art form in itself. Mm-hmm. And so it's very different to, I've looked at like structures for feature films and writing that type of stuff. And it's very different. It's like, it's its own art form apart from that, you know? And so it's kind of, you build, your act one is like super short and it's kind of building a, just showing you who the characters like, are and you want to bring in empathy for the characters as soon as possible. Yeah. You've really got to be it. quick. Like very in setting up snappy. what the movie's about. Yes. Yeah. In what, like the first page. Act one is like a two pages. See, that's what I feel like I'm here is really good because like it gives like, I swear, like it, it feels like you're with Andrew Garfield's character at the beginning mm-hmm. for an attorney. Like you just, you know him straight away, but you're yes. with him like for a bit before yes. you move 
into like him meeting the girl. It's like yes. five minutes, yeah, or four, five or four minutes. But it feels yeah. like you're you're there for a long time, which is like an amazing thing to be able to pace a movie, a yeah. short film like that, because you have to move quick mm. to get your shit across. But to be able to stay in a moment in a movie yeah. is like really and important. And you have so to pick to your moment. Yeah, and I think what can help with that is going over and drafting. So I after my first, so I did the fourth draft yesterday. And I looked at the third draft and I literally found a chunk and I said, I want this chunk to be elongated because it will work better for the film. Mm. I have to get rid of something. And I found a bit and I was like, this actually works perfect. This is stupid. Get rid of it. Yeah. And so it's picking your moments. Um, and so, yeah. And so kind of act two was like really long building up to that climax. Then you kind of hit the climax and that's the end of the film. Yeah. It's like you hit act three and rather than how a movie would go up, 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 down, sideways, this is like up, 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 down, done. Mm. And that's it. And you always, you kind of have to have a twist. Every short film has a twist that plays into the metaphor of the film. They all have it. No matter how small, how big, they all have to in a way. That's kind of like the structure. Um, no, there are some that don't and that works for the story. But for a lot, it's a lot of the time you kind of have to have a twist. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyways, I'll go into my second short film that I've chosen, and that is um, the the neighbor's window or neighbor's window, something like that. You don't know what and it's called. It's called the neighbor's window. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna search <laughs> it up. Okay, but basically, it won the Oscar uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, the neighbor's window, yes, and won the Oscar last year. Well. Um, and so it's about this couple. They have two ki- two children, um, and they're probably early forties, late thirties. Kids 30s. or the couple? The couple, early forties, late thirties, and um, they're in a bit of a rough spot in their marriage. And they notice these two young lovers over across, and they notice them having sex. Mm. And they're like, "This is weird." Do they not want to put down their blinds? They not know people can see. Yeah, and so they're just watching and they're mesmerized by it, and then it keeps happening every day because they're young, they're passionate, like always <laughs> making love and stuff, and just being crazy and having dinner parties. And then dinner party leaves, they all leave making love. Yeah, then they all leave the <laughs> dinner party and they're having sex again that night, and it keeps happening. They're like, "What the hell? Like these guys are crazy." And then um, they're like making fun of their fashion choices and haircuts, yeah. and they're like, "Oh look, <laughs> he shaved his head. What an idiot!" And then later on, it comes down to the end, and um you see him being carried out and he's passed away and they see it through the window and they're like, what? And then basically the twist at the end is they go down, this lady's walking down. She's like, what the hell's going on? She walks over to the other building and she sees the girlfriend or the fiance or wife, whatever she is, you don't really know out the front watching him being carried away and she's crying and she's like, what's wrong? And she goes, oh, he's passed away. He's, um, he's had cancer for the last 12 months. And so basically they were looking at them going, their life is so great. And they were mesmerized by it because they thought their life was horrible. And she said to him, um, she said to her, sorry, the other woman, young woman said to the older woman, Oh, you live in that apartment across the road. Me and my partner are like mesmerized by you guys. We always look over, you guys have the two cutest children. Like we always see you playing with them. Like, Mm. like, Oh, what would I do for a life like that? And then she's like, Oh, like what the fuck? And so it's kind of, it really hits home of like, Grass is green on the other side. Always look at your blessings and where your life is at and enjoy it. Mm. And so um, I watched that movie and I was just like, fuck, this is so good. And the director of that, also the writer, he did a short film that also got Oscar nominated, I believe. 
based on this Nazi rally that happened um, before World War One. Right. Um, in America, like before Nazism was a big thing, before World War Two, sorry, before Nazism was a big thing, and he just used all archival footage, and it was a really good short film. Cool. And so he was cool, and that film was like amazing. The way it was shot, I love the score, and then also the um, the color palettes, the color grading, especially, and the way it kind of changes throughout the movie. Yeah, like that always really works for me. Same way it did in the Irishman. You know how the color grading really changes a lot throughout the film. Yep. To bring across that emotion, the way they're able to do it very short and snappy with this one just worked great. And so it was power all to the editing is why it won the Oscar to me. Mm. But yeah. I was thinking of this quote just then when you said the grass is greener. Mm. I think I heard the other day someone said the grass is greener only if you water it. <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? Like, I you know people always say like grass is green on the other on side because you're tempted by that. By that. But if water gonna, your own grass. Yep, it, but that's and the then thing. it'll be like, green. If you're, yeah. gonna, you're, if you're fueling your temptation, yeah. that's why it's greener. Yeah. So boom, yeah. Try to hit with some knowledge there. Mm. Um, so my, I'll go on to my one now. Uh-huh. Um, my one is two girls, one cup. Uh, <laughs> do you know that one? And guys, <laughs> I just want to say thank you for supporting us again. This has been a great episode. <laughs> it's a great short film. Should have won an Oscar. I two girls, one cup of noodles. <laughs> Crazy rotations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. Actually, you know what? It's probably not too dissimilar to Two Girls, One Cup. This movie, I know what you're going to talk so about. So the movie I'm about to do is um, the short film is a strange thing about the Johnsons, which if anyone's ever watched it. Beyond strange, my friend. Yeah, it's, well, it's very strange. The very strange. The more, the fucked up thing about the Johnsons, yeah. what should be called. But it's probably, it's more than that, I feel t- like for me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's easy to get gored get, out and get lost in its its shock value mm. and it's um it's kind of explicit nature yeah. but you kind in, of have the, to understand why the shock value is there well, exactly that well it's easy just to watch it. a movie and be like okay that's fucked up but mm. why is it fucked up yeah you know what i mean like why it, did they think they had to tell that story it's too easy it's it'd be easy for me it's easy when you watch a movie to be like oh like that was good or that was shit but i was yeah. like you mean but you have to know why it was yeah. that was shit so like this this movie is essentially about um it's it's exploring like the idea of t- taboo mm-hmm. in the in in a family setting, and so what's happening is that you've got this African American family, and the son is um, sexually abusing the father, and yeah, it's 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 really really intense. It doesn't leave much to the imagination. Like it's it's pretty it's pretty shocking and pretty horrifying. And if you're going to leave nothing to the but imagination, but if you're going to take it as that then I think you're missing the point. Yeah. Because the movie is about like abuse and like the idea of um, like power dynamic as mm-hmm. well and unexpected, the unexpected nature of, of abuse mm-hmm. in that in this situation, it's the son abusing the father, but generally, or it's you would parent. think, you would think it was the parent yes. abusing the son. And this happens for years. Like it happens mm-hmm. for a long time that this, this goes on. And it's, I'm not going to really like go into the plot details because mm-hmm. I don't want to like give too much stuff away. Right. But yeah, it's just like a really like powerful film. And I, I think the idea of it, exploring the idea of taboo is quite interesting in the, in the movie too because it's just like, it's it's something that never really gets brought up. Mm. And like, and like especially in film, people like kind of want movies to be a certain way. Mm. But it's, it's, good to, it's good to have that kind of shock value in that way to kind mm. of just, okay, wow, like that's insane. Like what the fuck is happening here? But- once you get past that idea of the shock and whatever, and you can really like dive into what's happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like a really full on movie. And like the abuse happens from when he's a kid 
so when the kids are like a teenager, I think mm-hmm. I haven't watched it in a minute, but um, I've only watched it once or maybe twice. Yeah. And um, and that happens when like the, the kid's gotten older, he's having, he's getting married, but he's still abusing his father. And yeah, and it's just interesting. It's really good to see like the the power the power dynamic between the two, and is um, yeah, it's it's really like it's really hard to watch, but if mm-hmm. you get past that. But the performances in the movie are what makes it. I think what makes it great. I think the father in the movie is really quite amazing. Like he's, he really captures like shock and just um, horror really well. Mm. In the sense that like, um, I think it's alluded to in the movie that like perhaps the father might have done something earlier. I can't remember. I have to watch it again. But um, yeah, like like the father does something uh, like it's implied. Mm. And then um yeah, and then like the the. Yeah, like uh, I don't know, like abuse is kind of like the cyclical. I don't mm-hmm. know, like abuse is happening one way, and it, if you abuse someone and that the abuser, if you abuse someone and that person who's being abused abuses back, yeah, kind of like that dynamic. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. generally that's kind of what happens if you're. Mm. I mean, I'm not like a psychiatrist or anything, but yeah, generally I've heard that if people are abused when they're younger, that they tend to act out on that yeah. when they're older. Yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting to watch that, and I think you like, kind of do, like you kind of end up being the parent that your parents were. Yeah, exactly. Well, it like, just happens. Yeah, well, everyone becomes who their yeah. parents are. You know, yeah. kind of thing. Like, let me just read this. Uh, yeah, so like, oh yeah, that's what happens at the beginning. So at the beginning of the movie, um, like the the father catches the son jerking off, mm. and then like the the father like apologizes and like tells the son that that's cool, and mm. then like, then then like the father leaves the room, and then you realize the kid's actually jerking off to a picture of the father. That's how it starts, and you're like, at the beginning, you're just like, oh, like. You know, people do that, but then when you see that, no, but people jerk off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, like uh, that's a Like, but then, like, when you see the picture of the father, just like, whoa, yeah. shit, whoa, Nelly. Yeah. <laughs> strap in, I'm in for a ride on yeah. this one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you say strap in or strap on? Okay. Strap in. <laughs> no, that's from Family Guy. You know that, that old pedophile bloke. He's like. Did you say strap in or strap on? Continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like anyway. Yeah, it's a really intense movie. Um directed by Ari Aster, who's kind of known for um like really intense Shock shocking value. movies. Mm. Um but like his movie's really good. He directed Hereditary, which is I mean that 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 they that, that, that's not like anything that um deals with like incest or anything mm. like that but still there's like some really shocking scenes in that movie yeah and then he also did midsummer or midsummer how you want midsummer no because it's s-o-m-m-a-r right s-o-m-m-a-r that's midsummer oh well yeah whatever people i've heard people say it's, it's like midsummer murders are spelt with an o but um yeah they they he, he does that and it talks about like cultism and mm. like nature and all that and that's quite shocking in in the death and stuff too because i think the way he captures like um the way he captures like murder and, and violence mm. is just really upfront. Like it's just like people die and it's like bloody, but it just happens. Mm. And because it's so just like upfront and so blunt, you're really just taken back by it. Cause there's no real, like there's a bit of a build up, but it's just so it, it's like unexpected and expected at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. really, really yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a scene in hereditary where like this little girl puts her head out the window and gets fucking like hit by like a Dem- pole. Yeah. And like, Okay, that's crazy and that's shocking. But the next day he shows like the head on the ground. It's like ants rolling up it, which is so normal. Do you know what I mean? Like, of course that happens. Ants would, yes. ants would do that. 
But but it's like the I don't want to see it. There's ants. <laughs> like the, the ants are the thing that shock you the most. Like, yeah, like you just see a head there and it's ants. Like it's Ooh. totally normal. That would definitely happen. Yeah, because it's so real. But it's like too real. Do you know what I mean? But it's like yeah. Gross. I think like yeah. It's as a short film. It's it's shocking. And I think it's, to go from I'm here to to that movie. Obviously, they're, they're two opposite sides of the mm. spectrum. And I think in a sense, like you were talking about, how like films have to have a a shock. Mm-hmm. Ending or like a surprise films, or a twist yeah. or whatever. There's definitely twists in I, in, the, in um certain thing about the Johnsons. Yeah, maybe not more so in I'm Here. Maybe a little bit, but yeah. not really. Um, yeah. So that's why I was a bit iffy on what you said. Right, right. But like, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting to watch two ends of the spectrum and mm. kind of see how like they because they both go for half an hour and how they like tackle like the, yeah the, the the half an hour time limit and like the big themes that they're trying to explore. Like one's more about taboo and being shocking and about power dynamic and ones about love and mm. what we do for love. Yeah. It's like, and kind of almost similar to like, it's about love in a way because mm. the son loves the father. Mm. It's just different love. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. It's love, love, yeah. but no same, 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 but different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. 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 There's a place for that kind of, it's yeah, not a, within there's the There's a place in hell for people. <laughs> for people like that. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, when I was watching that movie, I kind of like feel sorry in a way for the for Ari Aster. Because I'm just like, people are going to watch this and take, and you can read the comments. People are like, wow, this movie's Bum's fucked up. Sore. Sorry. Like, yeah, he's an arsist. Um, yeah, like you, you kind of feel sorry for the director because you people, because you feel like when you're watching it, people will miss out on the point of the film. Because of, yeah. Because of the shock value. But it's like, and that's one of the reasons why people go and watch the movie because it's shocking. Yeah. Like people are like, oh my God, someone actually made this and you could think mm. it's shit. Like it's kind of reminds me in a way of like Kanye West Bound 2. Yes. Like, you know, the video is like, yes. oh my God, it's a shit video, but it's like, that's not the point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. point was that it was shit. Yeah. <laughs> but people are like, oh, that's the worst video I've ever seen. But it's like, like what, do you think Kanye you think West Kanye would do that? wanted to fucking put two things, like, you know, make no, a but, shit video? But like, no, no but it's like, do you think Kanye wanted to like, do you think make Kanye a high quality? Yeah, like, he did that because he could do that. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It's like you know he can make a high quality million exactly. dollar budget video clip. Yeah, but people, like, of course, funny. he didn't do that. I on think purpose. that's why he probably did it because he wanted people to be like, "Oh my god, he's shit." Yeah, you know I mean? but like, yeah. I mean, it's in a, in a way, those two are kind of like related. But yeah, yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Uh no, that pre ups wraps up me on pre ups. That pre up <laughs> pretty much wraps up me on the, short films and this episode. What about you? Anything pre-mups else? Pre ups sounds like some sort of like cake. Like pre-mups or like some sort of pastry. Should get Millie hey, to make it. Pre-mup sounds like something with like the cream inside the pastry. It also sounds yeah. like pre-nups. Like pre-nuptials. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Which you probably don't want to sign. You going to sign a pre-nup? Maybe get married? Or is it what's mine is yours? Know. What's mine is yours? I'm signing a pre-nup. Uh, if I get married, I'm getting married once. That's I'm on the it. playlist now, so I kind of have to do it. Yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of um, entities and a lot of uh, assets. I got a lot of fingers and pies. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I'm the pie t- maker. I'm the master baker. <laughs> the master baker. The master baker. Uh, Don't get that confused. Not master baker. I'm not a master baker. I'm master baker. <laughs> okay, that's confused. a good place to uh, wrap up the episode. <laughs> Two girls, one cup. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and we had two girls. One I've car. actually never seen that. Me either. For a reason. I don't think I want to. No. I heard there's poo involved and all sorts of weird crap. So, no. Um, 
I heard. I didn't see. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to leave it there. We're, we're going to leave it there. Thanks for <laughs> listening to the episode, guys. We really love the engagement um, that you've given us on Instagram, so keep it up. Uh, hopefully, this episode is our most uh, played yet. And also, stay tuned for some pretty exciting news on a couple of – maybe the next episode, maybe the one after that. I think it could be the next one. We could have a nice little uh, interview with someone well, who's – he's done some stuff. I've just actually – So I just want to say this before we – I did get a message from a certain someone. Oh, time. did you? So, and is it a good message? We'll, we'll talk about it after. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave it after. So, stay tuned. Um, so, thank you guys, and that wraps us up for that episode. Cheers.